0: And we are live and direct. Hi, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Atlas Podcast. I'm Ja'Kai Mickelson, independent graphic artist and independent filmmaker, and I am joined by two other special people. I am Matt Rodriguez, chief editor and owner of ShakeFire.com.
1: And I'm Mike McKinney of LastOneToLeaveTheatre.com and ATLCW.TV. Uh,
0: and we're here. Um, we're here, Emelis today, which uh, which is kind of frightening. She's, yeah. so, but She's
1: I, abandoned I, us for Europe.
0: Yeah, so, which okay. seems
2: that's frankly fair play. Yeah, I think fair we way. would I, all like to go to Europe at this yeah, point. I'd,
1: yes. I would abandon you guys at a moment's notice if I could yeah. go to Europe. So just just note that in your notebooks. All right. <laughs> thanks. I, I, thanks I think, for the confidence, Mike.
0: Yes. Yes. Although to be fair, I think all three of us would would like, especially if somebody do the else same. was paying for it. True, true that (laughs) Right. true that, okay So, uh, welcome to the Atlas, the three of us marginally like each other And would (laughs) like to get away from each other at the first possible opportunity Uh, But we do have an exciting, fun show for you today Despite uh, the group turmoil Um, And uh, so we've got a couple of good movie reviews Uh, Well, I don't know if the movies were good, but the reviews are going to be exceptional For both Logan and Skull Island, right? Oh, Skull Island
2: The new Kong, Kong Skull
0: movie. Island, yes Kong, um, and also we have box office reports and, and other such magicalities to, 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 to talk about. Yeah,
2: it's going to be a good show, even better, I would say, yeah. than our usual Emma filled
1: show. So which it's one gonna... of which one of us is going to mispronounce names?
2: Uh, well, I already, <laughs> already did that once, so I say we just roll with it and see. Yeah, let's
0: see what uh, uh, let's see. We, there's there should be some sort of we we should come up with um uh something to make the uh, odds high like or not the odds high but uh, what am I trying to say like if something goes wrong you have to be accountable for it somehow like bet or something you know like a the punishment. first person to, to yeah punishment might be a little harsh But, you know it's like <laughs> a, you can't uh, it's like a Nickelodeon you got to get slimed or well, something I,
1: I thought you were gonna gonna have us review like a Scandinavian film and oh. they have to <laughs> pronounce all the Scandinavian names uh, <laughs> that would be brutal. there you go.
0: That'd be good. That'd be good. Um, well, uh, so let's see. You've got uh, South by Southwest coming up, don't you, Mike? I, do you want to talk about that yeah, a little bit? Yeah, I do.
1: Um, I fly out tomorrow night, uh, which actually would be last night, by the time you hear this. Um, so I will be, while you hear this, I'm in Austin already enjoying South by That's goodness. Um, I'm going to try to see between three and four films a day. Um and I'm attempting a couple of times to see, see five films because of a midnight film that I really want to see. Um, so I'm going to be seeing lots of films. Um, I debated on whether or not to see the latest Terrence Malick film, <laughs> uh, which is called Song on Song. Uh, there's a ton of people are in it. Um, it's about the Austin music scene. But as my uh, friend Matt Bo- Goldberg said, uh, from collider.com, he said, When you see a Terrence Malick film and you see the, the description of it, is it really going to be about that description? And so I'm passing on the Terrence Malick film and seeing something else because I've been burned too many times with dinosaurs and voiceovers where nobody talks and it's just voiceovers. And I think I'm going to go try to see something else instead. But I got a lot of other good films coming up um, uh, Charlie Sterren film called Atomic Blonde about a Cold War um, in Germany. Um, and there's a bunch of other films. I'm just really excited because it, it looks like it's going to be a really, really good uh, South by.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious, Mike, just just to talk a little about your process. So five movies in a day, that's a lot of movies in a day. How do you keep track? Because you got to review all of them. Do, do you take notes? How do you keep track? Like, how, like if it's if you just watch movie number five and you're like, I gotta write a review on movie number one, and it's four
1: a.m. What do you do? Well, that's the that's the interesting thing about my, my so I, I basically review for two different sites. I review for Last One to Leave the theatercom and those are one paragraph short reviews. So very quickly you can tell whether or not I like a film. You can tell a little bit of what it's about, but I don't give any spoilers. And I just allows you to very quickly know whether or not I like the film or not. And then on the ATLCW.TV website, um, the local CW affiliate here in Atlanta, I do long-form reviews of independent films. Some of these films I'm going to be seeing, they'll never see the light again. They may see some other film festivals. In fact, I might be able to see them again once again at the Atlanta Film Festival. But there's some films that I'm not going to have to review. I will pick and choose to do long-form reviews so probably, I'm guessing, between uh, six to nine films. And the rest, I'm just watching just to, to have fun. And if they do come out, then I've got that and I can go watch them again because they would be coming out later on on a later date. So I'm not reviewing everything while I'm there. I will be reviewing quite a bit, but I'm there more to see as many films as I can see and get exposed to different films. And the great thing about film festivals... And by the way, the Atlanta Film Festival is coming up this month. Starts on the 24th, I believe. Yep, 24th. 24th. The great thing about film festivals is every year I find a film that I fall in love with that I didn't know anything about. And that's the exciting part about being at a film festival is discovering, you know, yeah, you know, there's a lot of uh, stuff about it's out by about Terrence Malick and about Atomic Blonde, and some other films, but also these smaller films that are playing during the daytime. Sometimes you film, you find just an amazing one. And what I'm really excited for is South By's got some great um, uh, late-night programming. Um, I saw a, a Japanese zombie film last year uh, that was just amazing, that never got released here in the United States. and might be out on DVD called I Am Not a Hero, um, but it was just wonderful, and i didn 't know anything about it and I went in and saw it, and I just fell in love with it so that's my that 's my philosophy of going to film festivals well, another thing too
2: about film festivals is just meeting a bunch of other film lovers and then the filmmakers themselves because that is where you get that interaction with.
1: Yeah, we, we we Matt and I both have just had a great time meeting a ton of filmmakers and, and hearing their stories and how they got started and how long it took them to make the film, how they raised the money, and what their hopes and dreams are. And that's the that's one of the fun things. And then just the fact is that everybody there is there because they love film. So you, I love standing in line just talking to people and find out where they're from and how many films they watched and which ones they thought were the best. Because it's just a it's just a fun time. No, that's cool. Like a whole community coming together for uh, similar reasons. Yep. So that's uh,
0: that's super cool. Still, five five is a lot. It, it is. <laughs> five is a it lot. It is. <laughs> um. So I guess then. See, this is weird without Emma. There's no, there's not continuity. (laughs) I feel, I feel the pressure. I now I have a whole new respect for for whatever it is that she does. We're like,
2: we're like a chicken with its head cut off. We're just running (laughs) blindly.
0: (laughs) We are out of control here. Uh, But I guess uh, with that, I can, I can ease us over into uh, box office reports. Should we go there next, or you know, because we can, we can make
2: this democracy being
1: cut
0: off.
2: Yeah, <laughs> heyo. Logan was number one at the box office this this
1: weekend. Hey-o. It sure was. Yes. It was number one. It did over the weekend. It did eighty eight point four million dollars. Um, and the thing is, is that Logan's budget was $97 million. And then we're not even talking, we haven't even talked about the international. This is the domestic gross. So it did amazingly well. It did better than most of the X-Men opens, yeah. um, that, it, that had, uh, been out uh, before it. And certainly better than the other Wolverine movies. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, but, but I mean, not- and I, I think it's,
1: and it's going to be one of those films that's going to have some legs because I think people are going to go see it for a second time uh just because it was that good um yeah and i was gonna say that um deadpool
2: still holds the record for being the the biggest uh wow big, biggest released for an r-rated film right which was i think it was like 135
1: million yeah and, that, and deadpool was a little bit different in the fact that it had such a great campaign and it was a funny campaign and yeah. and therefore a lot of people went to see it for <laughs> different reasons the, the word got out on Logan that this was going to be a rather sad film. Um, spoiler alert, but I think everybody knows that um, just from all the talk um, about the film. Um, so this is a little different, but I still think people, it's still a really good movie and people are going to go see it again. Oh, yeah. I think people people have been dying for a good Wolverine film. Yeah. You know, like, oh, maybe
0: this time it'll be, uh, maybe this time it'll be, uh, and then finally. <laughs> and and, and, and I think just
1: Jackman it, loves his character, and he has worked so right. hard uh, to, to make Wolverine, uh, you know, make the X Men and the Wolverine a, a, a good film. And finally, he's done it. Finally, he, he got yeah. the part that he needed. Um, number two is our wonderful Get Out, which did still really, really well at $28.2 million. And it's, it's doing very well considering uh, its budget was $45 million. It did $78 for two weeks. Um, the new romantic film, The Shack, came in at number three. It's $16. Uh, number four was the Lego Batman movie, which is still moving right along. It's done $148 million total in 4 weeks. So it's still got legs. John Wick Chapter 2 was number 5. Number 6 was another uh new film Before I Fall. It was a uh one of those teen uh, uh films that uh had been a best-selling book uh but it only did 4.6 million and that's at over 2,000 theaters. So it didn't do mm, great no. at the box office this weekend. Um, Hidden Fingers is still going rolling along with his o- Oscar buzz at 3.8 million at number seven. Number eight's Great Wall. Number nine, Fifty Shades Darker, still out there and still doing some money. And wow, it, yeah, it, we're at 109 million for four weeks for Fifty Shades Darker. So, and then Emma's favorite film and one of my favorite films, La La Land, came in number ten after the Oscar buzz at almost three million dollars. And remarkably. It's done $145 million domestically on a $30 million budget. Uh, there was one other new film that did not do very well. Coming at number 17, uh, the Anna, Anna Kendrick uh, romantic comedy, Table 19, only did $1.5 million. Now, it was in limited release. It only did 870 theaters, but still, that's only 1,800 uh, average, and that's not great. It uh, looks like Annie Kinder's right. got some trouble being out on her own and trying to open a movie by herself.
0: What she needs is a gigantic computer animated wall, and then she'll be. That was a Matt Damon <laughs> joke. <All right. laughs>
2: well, that didn't even do well either.
0: Yeah, that was a, that was the it was it was a double. It was so sophisticated, my humor. Yeah, one
1: other me. note: um, they they put uh, Moonlight into one thousand five hundred theaters. Um, and it did $2.3 million, which is rather well um, for that movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so obviously the Oscar buzz helped them a lot. Especially yeah. because
2: it's already out on DVD and Blu-ray too right. now. Yep. So yeah. you have your pick. Yeah.
1: Either see it in theaters or see it at home. And then Jukai's Although, favorite film, Rock Dog... Um, came in in number 12 at 2.3 so it's done now 6.7 million dollars so it's really close to doing that 130 million dollar budget that it had oh Oh, man man. can't believe we're not going to get a
2: rock dog 2
0: Oh man! Terrible. Well, you might somehow. I I'll sometimes see like movies that go direct to DVD or direct to video. Sometimes I'm like, yeah. Wait, why did they they needed us needed to suck at one of this? Well, that should have been so, Rock Dog in the first place. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, when you yeah, spend 130 million dollars, uh, that's not going to direct to DVD. I don't think. No, I would hope not. I would hope not. But yeah, man, I like
0: that movie. I feel bad for it. I feel like that movie, ju- it just needs a hug. No, Is how bad it sounds like that movie was.
1: You yeah. really shouldn't feel bad for it, because it's a bad movie. So, yeah. And I had to sit through it, but Ben and I sat through it. So, Okay, I feel bad for you
0: guys. <laughs> exactly. But you also, go. also for the movie. For some reason, I still... It's just a misguided movie that had hope when it started, and then it just turned into... Uh, anyways, let's talk about Rock Dog, a film that's not even in the top ten. Um, <laughs> or... We could maybe review a film that is currently in the top ten with the number one spot overall, a little film called Logan. What's that movie? Yeah, it probably doesn't need a synopsis.
1: (laughs) It's about a guy who has claws, right? Yeah, basically. Um, The the difference is um, that with Logan is that it's set in the future. Um, It's set in 2029, Matt, is that right? Yeah. 2029. So basically both uh, Professor X and Logan are really, really tired. I mean, they're ready to retire. Um, They're both really really beat up. They're both not doing well. They both have got a lot of problems. Um, And they're just basically holding out in the Mexican desert um, to basically until Logan can get some money together to buy a boat and go out basically out into the boat and just get away from everybody um but their plans get changed a little bit when a young mutant arrives and kind of throws their world topsy-turvy Hmm. well why don't we jump into the official atlas review gentlemen All right let's
0: um, do it bring so it on, on a, bring it on we need some theme music for this so uh from a boredom scale 5b and i'm really bored how bored were you watching this flick? Uh,
2: I would I would put my boredom at a zero. I'm gonna pull an Emma here. Uh, <laughs> tribute to Emma. Pull an Emma go, yeah. Bold go straight yeah. up zero because it's it's a slow burn movie. It's not like your normal superhero where it's all just action, action, action. This is very right. much a slow burn, especially for the X Men franchise. But yeah, it's
1: it's, it, a, it, it's got a lot of introspective um, and there's a lot of talk between Professor X and Logan about their past and their lives and how things, you know, didn't turn out the way they hoped that they turned out.
2: But yes, gotcha. but it's still it's really, really good and really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, I so give yeah. it I give it I'm not going to go zero, but I'll give it a one. Um, <laughs> so I won't I won't break the mold here quite yet.
0: <laughs> okay Quite yet, uh, uh, quite yet. Wow uh, So okay From an eye rolling perspective uh, You weren't bored But you were watching it Like rolling your eyes Like yeah As if Which is apparently The 80's remix version Of eye rolling scale As if uh, So from a scale Of one to five
1: Five being I'm rolling my eyes How, how was it I'd say one I'd give yeah. it a one Me not, too Not much eye rolling at all it, That's one of the great things About this film It's so well thought out Um, And it, it, yeah, there's some surprises, but, but it never, it never really feels like the X-Men always, X-Men have always felt like a comic book film. They've always felt like they're comic books that we put on film. And this one feels like it's not, it's an actual movie. It's not a comic book movie. It's an actual movie. It could be about some other character. It could be about a guy that's just a bounty hunter or, you know, an old-time bounty hunter or something.
0: Right. That's how John Wick 3. I'm just kidding.
2: Yeah,
1: well, true. Yeah. And it, it's, it's funny, too, because they
2: do manage to incorporate the X-Men comic into the film. Like, the X-Men themselves have become something of legend. And so, like, this far into the future, they've actually made a real comic for them. And oh, like, if cool. you've seen the trailers, like they kind of sh- showcase a little bit hinting, like, oh, how Wolverine's looking at the comic and kind of making fun of it, saying, oh, that's not how it all went down and stuff like that. But yeah. So but it has that dark and grittiness to it.
1: Now, this we will we will warn everybody. Do not take the kids. I mean, I, I would even up to say you get into teenager range. You, you're you're OK because they're seeing it all anyway. But man this is a this is a gritty dark and extremely violent bloody film. There are heads rolling off people, there's arms falling off. I mean it is it's it's a really really um gritty dark violent film. And and I and unfortunately the the screening that I went to which was the I went I missed the the critic screen so I went actually and paid money to see it. Um, and there were people that had kids, and I was like, "This is not for them. They're, they're either going to be frightened, or they're going to be bored, and they're going to be traumatized because there's some really grisly stuff in this film." <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> let, the, have, let the kids stay home and watch uh, the Walking Dead. Everybody, yeah, wins. there you go. <laughs> um, all right, so, uh, all right, so, so really high, high, uh, high scores for both in, in a good way. Yes. So, who? How were the how were the performances? I mean they were they're, both guys are the main guys are great guys yeah. they're brilliant
2: Yeah I mean they're they're amazing Hugh Jackman both Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart are right. fantastic I mean they've both gone on record saying that okay this is our last film as these characters and they really kind of put everything they have into it and you can really see in their performances that they do
1: yeah and, and it, it really helps that also the the young mouton played by Daphne King is yeah. really good in it also. In fact, I want to see another movie with her playing this part like tomorrow. Um just cuz it would be so interesting. She she does such a good job. Um and she plays off of both uh Stewart and uh <clears throat> sorry, um Hugh Jackman really really well. Yeah and most of her performance is
2: silent so she's not talking a lot of it and so like she does an amazing job at just presenting herself through her body motions and you know just yeah
0: nice all right well so it sounds like a strong cast sounds like a, a kind of an emotional piece and and maybe let me ask you this question did the violence feel more violent because you had stakes in the character or was it just that violent i mean i think
2: it is a little over the top and gratuitous but it never it doesn't feel like it was unnecessary like they just added it just because okay like oh we have this r rating so let's see how far we can push it you know it all feels like it was it flowed with the film so it never feels
1: you know what i'm saying yeah, and yeah, yeah. well never- definitely the stakes are very high in this film. And so therefore each battle sequence feels like it could be the last one. And therefore you know the characters are giving it all, but they're also I mean the characters are also very damaged characters. So what they could do, you know, say 30 years ago, they can't do that anymore. And right. and so it the stakes are incredibly high at each battle sequence.
0: Nice. nice. this was not filmed in Georgia, so I don't think there's a Georgia recognition factor. Nope. no. So, uh, I guess it's a moment of truth. It's the big, it's the big full
1: moment Atlas score for this fine film. Well, I, th- I think this is one of the best superhero films that that's come out. Um, and I think it's because it is so character driven um, and it may be because we gotten to know these two, uh, these two guys so well that, um, I'm going to give an Atlas because, uh, and, and Jackman is, is really good in it. Um, I, he's not, a, I don't think he'll, get an Academy Award off of this performance. Um, but it's really, really good performance and it's a really good movie. And, um, you know, on my, on my movie scale and last one to leave the theater, I'd pay to see it again. Well, you paid to see it once? Yes, I did. Which which says but, something. But then I would pay to see it again, so that really tells you something.
0: <laughs> that also does. It also does. So about you, Matt.
2: Give it a um, a full Atlas as well. You know, I I loved it. Ooh. I thought it was great. I mean, it is one of the best superhero superheroes, but it's just a great movie itself, like even if you take away the whole superhero aspect of it, it it is fantastic.
0: Right. No, it's it's a it's a good film even without being a superhero film. So wow, a double atlas. That's uh that's a big deal and and very exciting. But now I feel like to kind of qualify this, outside of this film, what do you guys consider to be the best superhero film? Yep. Oh. Nope. No. No oh, pressure at push, all, guys.
2: Push putting me on the spotlight <laughs> first. I see. Yeah.
0: Um, and sorry, I'm, not assuming I mean, not other I'll than Superman you. versus Batman, of course.
1: <laughs> yes, no, Rock Dog. <laughs> Give Rock Dog a cape; he's a superhero. I, I think Avengers is is mine. Huh? Um, I mean, you know, you, you you either talk Avengers or you talk uh, um, you know Batman, um, and Michael just, Michael Keaton Batman, or we go or no 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 no. No, the Christopher Nolan. Got it. Okay. All right. Um, But I, I, Avengers to me was such a joy to watch. Um, And the fact that there, it it had that Josh Whedon touch to it. And I'm a big Josh Whedon fan. Um, So that's my, that's what I consider. What do you think, Matt?
2: No, yeah. um, You saying Batman brings up uh, The Dark Knight for me. Yeah, Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. And that was definitely, I'm also going to say Blade, the original Blade. Whoa! going, Going a little old, old school here. I like it. Because that remains one of my favorite superhero movies. And this was before the whole superhero renaissance that we have now. Right, like this, and I I want to say I'm not 100 percent sure on this, but I want to say that Blade is was the first R rated superhero film
1: to come out. It might be. I'd it
0: buy might. that. So, I'd buy that. Not the first R rated film, like based on comic book. Yeah. But, but uh, no, I think I you know well. Listen, the fact that Mike went with it means you're in, Bud.
2: <laughs> That's all I needed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so. The Dark Knight and Blade; those are my two.
0: All right, okay. I, I still have a soft spot for X Men: First Class. I think I think I must put that in way too high of a threshold because because uh, I say that to other people and most people don't agree. But I freaking I, love that. I film. liked.
2: I liked First Class. I thought First Class was a great reboot for the for the X Men franchise.
1: Yeah, I, I liked uh, the First Class also, um, be, mostly because I did not like any of the X Men movies. Before that, right? Um, I just thought they were just very badly done, and it, and once again, way too comic booky um, for for my taste. Right,
0: right. That's interesting though, because comic booky is exactly what I what I would call the Avengers. Mm. But but I see, but I, you know, I can feel the difference between the two because the Avengers was kind of tongue in cheek; it was in on it. Anyways, well, yeah. let's let's over. If you guys want, we can go back to talking about Rock Dog. We can
1: really drill down and no. No. make sure we we Please uncover no. all I'd, of the... I'd like to where we never talk about Rock Dog again. That's where I'd like to, to get to the point. <laughs> okay. Let's move slowly
0: away from the dead carcass that was once Rock Dog. Uh, speaking of dead carcasses, uh, there was another <laughs> dead carcass or <laughs> two made from a fine film called Kong Skull Island, we, which, which uh, all three of us saw, which is kind yes. of a uh, uh, an exciting thing when all of us get to uh, get to add our two cents on a review. So uh, I guess the synopsis of the film uh, do you, do either of you want to offer an official synopsis? Cause I've got one.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it, it's basically, it's the same. We're retelling the same Kong story, which is uh, there's an isolated Island that suddenly gets discovered. That's usually it's got weather around it. Mysteriously got weather around it. No, he's been to see it. This takes place in 1973, uh, when when uh, the height of the Vietnam War was going on and uh, satellite um, reconnaissance was really getting into its its own. And that's how it's discovered. This island's discovered. And so a team of explorers and some soldiers um, are, tra- are traveling to this island um, to try to find out what's on this island because it's an anomaly. And once they get there, they meet a lot of big monsters, including the king of the island, Kong. Well done. Dun, 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 dun. dun, dun. So, uh, from a uh, boredom
0: perspective, five being five alarm boredom, were you guys bored?
2: I was, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was,
2: I would put it... Uh, probably at a four, like, and I don't know, I can't exactly pinpoint what it was that would, that made it so boring, but I just, I feel like the most interesting and most exciting points were in the trailer, first of all, and so, if you've seen all the trailers, you've basically seen most of the action stuff, there was some other, there was some stuff that didn't, that they didn't show that was pretty cool but a lot of the big moments were in the trailers. Yeah. And so, and I just didn't, they didn't do a good job of making you care about any of the characters. They totally all totally f- agree. felt like these cookie cutter characters that they could just get rid of at a moment's notice. And you're just like, okay. And then it moves on to the next beat. And I was yeah. yeah that, like,
1: the, the worst, the worst character of that is the Tony Kebble character. You play Chapman. Yep. That was, he He plays this soldier who um, writes letters to his son and the whole troop that he's with knows that he writes these letters and it's comes to a running joke about uh, they, they finish off the letters for him with, with some, some type of joke. Uh, his character was totally there just for us to, to feel bad for the soldiers. And they put him in out in this isolation at one point, And you're just like, Guys come on you're manipulating me really really bad with this
0: oh it was, it was, I, yeah I completely agree and I I'd, I'd, I'd go four I feel like I, it's, it's tough not to go five in terms of full boredom just because like it was so like all right I know the formula I know where we're going although one and uh, Matt you and I talked about this on the way out like it didn't it didn't take forever to get to Kong. Kong showed <laughs> no. the heck up and it was yeah. on once I got it which, which I was like all right that that is not what I expected.
1: Yeah, so, but yeah, I go four in
0: terms of boredom. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would I would go with a three just because I really enjoyed the fight sequences, um, the the Kong sequences where he's just destroying stuff. Yeah, um, I, I especially that first the first scene is just there's so much going on in it, and the the level of this is a movie where a lot of people die, and they die in a lot of different ways. I mean, they're very creative on some of <laughs> the ways people die. Right. And there, it's funny because uh, there, there was a guy that was sitting close to me and he was very vocal on anything that happened in the movie. And he was just like, whoa, <laughs> dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so what, what's your, uh, you said uh,
0: three. So two I fours and a three. Yep. And then so from an eye rolling perspective, uh, for me, no question, full five. Full five eye rolling out of my head. Are you kidding me? Eye rolls. is what was happening on my end. I don't know how you guys felt.
2: Yeah, I'd give it another four as well. Especially, there's this one scene. You guys probably know what I'm talking about. With, um... Oh, what's his name? Magneto. No, not Magneto. God, I always get them.
1: Tom Hiddleston? Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Tom
2: Hiddleston. I always get him and Fassbender mixed up. Gotcha. But, um... Tom Hiddleston, where... He puts on a gas mask... And oh, grabs God. a samurai sword and then just charges into this poisonous gas mist, slashing these winged bat like flying creatures. And it's like, it's straight from like 300. It's all in slow motion with him swinging. And it is the most ridiculous scene in the entire film.
0: There were two things about that that I thought was hilarious. Number one, he just took. Uh the dude sword away. I just left yeah. him there. Now how's he gonna defend himself? <laughs> and two, like the moment after he gets close to the person he's trying to get to after all the slicing, he he just he decides to take off his mask. Dude, yeah. you probably still need the mask. <laughs> so I totally agree with I actually forgot about that. That's how no. that's how Yeah. Probably because my yeah, eyes I, were already in I the back t- of my head for that moment.
1: Yeah, I'd give it a four. Um in, in even in the ending. Um, Brie Larson is asked to do Her character is asked to do a lot of stuff And I realize that she's a, uh, a Photographer that's been out In the jungle and she knows her way Around the jungle but there are a couple Of times I'm going wait You're sending her instead of one of the Soldiers to do this mission Oh I, just, I, I know Well at one just, point
0: yeah one thing after Another dude like yeah. one thing after another When Tom Hiddleston they're like we're gonna go save Kong the boat's that way and then They find the boat I don't know.
2: Yeah. Good luck. And I mean, I think the film is trying to go for that like campy B-movie style of like the old the classic King Kong kind of stuff like that. Cuz like it does have- a lot of those like quick zoom-in close-ups of people being shocked when they see Kong and stuff like that. So, but Yeah. I don't know. It just it didn't work for me.
0: No, it, it didn't work for me either. Um, and in terms of, I guess, you, you kind of fade into the next step, which is like, what are the performances? And, and actually, that were good, top to bottom, there wasn't one that I thought was great. I thought there was a, a couple good beats between um, the two soldiers talking smack to each other about having a bed at home or whatever. I thought there was yeah. that, that there was some okay stuff there. But nope. even John Goodman, who I typically love, was like, eh. Yeah, I, Jackson. Think, I think hey. a lot
1: of people. I think a lot of people are going to focus on John C. Riley because he's kind of yeah. the comic relief. Yeah. But that's such an easy role to play. Yeah. I mean, that's and I was. I love Brie Larson. Um, Short Term 12 is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, I just think she's amazing. Yeah. Um, she obviously did this for the money, and I, the only <laughs> reason I'd go see this movie was because of Brie Larson. Um, and she looks great in it, yeah. But I'm, but and we had a lot of close-ups of her. I mean, there were a lot of close-ups of her, yeah. Um, which I just, I, I sh- at one point I was like, should I start counting how many close-ups there are, Brie? <laughs> but I mean, it's just, I, I, you know, it's a fun film, just because the the, it's it's a it's what you know it's what I call a popcorn movie, which is like you just leave your brain at home. And just have fun with the action sequences, and don't worry about how you get to those action sequences, because it's just going to be stupid. And my gosh, that's what, that's what the Godzilla and the King Kong movies were anyway. I mean, if you think about it, I, you know, that's one of the things I always think about. When he's on an island, It's not that big of an island. He's going to run out of food at some point, and he's hmm. destroying everything that he touches, but you don't see that much evidence of him destroying stuff up to that point. You know, so it does, you know, you can't use a lot of logic in the, in these films. Yeah,
0: no, I, I I think that's fair. But I do think there's still opportunity to have, like, I don't know, if, if it's going to go that direction, like, be campy and at least have fun with all the characters. I Like, the fact just, and you guys already mentioned the fact that, like, that dude's writing letters because it's trying to pull at the heartstrings. They have that really forced moment between Brie Larson and King Kong for them to have this weird connection, like where King Kong just shows up. Here's my face on a cliff edge. You want to touch it? All right, I'm going to go. <laughs> you want to touch it? This <laughs> no. it's ridiculous. Um, and, then, and then the other thing that really bummed me out is I never quite bought into Samuel Jackson's, his, his whole reason for needing to take down the monster. Like, I never quite bought into that, which kind of broke the whole movie for me. Mm. So, anyways, yay. Yeah. So, um, so I guess uh, no Georgia recognition factor, but did make me want to go to Hawaii.
1: I admit it. <laughs> um, and we do need to mention one thing is that you do want to stay through all the credits. There is a bonus scene at the end of the film. All the way through all the credits, there is a bonus scene that's going to set up some things down the line. And, and and to be fair, those things down the line, it's like, all right, I'm in. I,
0: I, would, I would open up my wallet to see that stuff, you know. But Hopefully, then, but yeah, well, yeah, but but we'll then see. but that yeah, but, but then at least at least it's like all right, we know what we're doing now. We're not trying to make a movie with heart. Um, <laughs> so I guess <laughs> I guess overall, uh, what, what 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 are we atlasing this thing? I'd probably give it an at,
2: an eighty. Hmm. I was, I was not impressed with it.
0: um, Me and Matt, same page. I'd I'd absolutely also give it an at.
1: I'm going to give it an at. um, But, but yeah, I just, I had a lot of fun in the action sequences. Um, they, They, that was, that was, and there were a lot, there were a lot of them. Yeah. um I had to really enjoyed the action sequences. I thought they were really well done. Um, I, I mean, like you said, there's some stupid things in them, but th- it's still they they brought it off. Um, I no, don't know. I, I get,
0: yeah, I thought it was so cool. I, I, there, there, but there was a few times, even in the action sequences, even like the big helicopter showdown in the front end, where I was like, why don't any of the helicopters fly away? Like I didn't understand how he kept getting all of them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but do not question Kong. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. He and I will like come this, for you. And I like the scene where he ate a octopus device machine uh, creature. That was fun.
1: That was cool. Don't don't give too much away.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I I I I. Uh, spoiler alert: King Kong has a meal. Um, so, all right, so it's a triple at. So triple we're all on the same page there. So gosh. Uh, skull island but to be fair mike what what it looks to be setting up uh does geek me out a little bit could be cool
1: yeah yeah and and if you're you know uh, i think um you're if you're a fan of the japanese godzilla movies um i we'll see what happens down the line um
2: you know i mean they've already a,
1: confirmed like this is part of the whole monster verse
2: that they're trying to do. So there's Godzilla. Now there's Kong Skull Island. Then they're going to be doing Godzilla 2. And then which is going to be filming in Atlanta. Right. And then they're going to be doing uh, Kong versus Godzilla. So they're trying to bring this all together. And we'll see how that goes.
0: See, I can, yep. I can get behind that. And and you know, when this film first opened, I don't I don't, is it maybe tell me if this is a spoiler, but you hear like the warplanes and and things shooting and you hear the planes flying. My first thought was like, oh, are they going to pick up at the end of Kong like falling off the Empire State Building? No, is the answer to that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, but yeah. All right. So, we're, uh, to be fair, the special effects and such were good. The design of King Kong, I thought, was pretty good. But there's a few times I was like, oh, you know, the Pete Jackson version had had a cooler beat in this spot than this one did. Anyways, it's it gets tough to not compare. Um, so that's that's the end of our exciting uh, film reviews. Are there any other films or any other things you guys want to talk about on that front?
1: No, I mean, uh, uh, we've just got uh, the films that are coming down the line uh, the next week, which we'll be talking about, which um, Beauty and the Beast is the big one. Um, that uh, Disney is remade with the live action um, and obviously CGI. Yeah. Um, but that's the, that's the next big film that's coming out. And, you, and we'll uh, be talking about it next week. And you already got a chance to see that, right, Mike? Yeah. Yep.
0: yep. Yeah. All right. So uh, you already know, but you cannot divulge any answers. <laughs> this is the ultimate tease. We I, can, I will, but we'll make you wait.
1: Well, I, I will <laughs> tell you more. I could give you one little thing is that, um, there have always been a couple of plot holes in the in the animated Beauty and the Beast that have, have bothered people, and they fix some of those plot holes. Oh, um, that are there. They do a very nice job of fixing the plot holes, um, and there are I think four or five uh, new songs in this in this new new version. So that's a little little tease.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice well done. Uh fun fact that I remember for some reason. Beauty and the Beast, the Disney animated film was the first and only traditionally animated film to be nominated for best picture. It did oh, not wow. win, uh but I do not remember uh who who won the category, but best uh best best picture for the Oscars. That was like a big surprise that year. Um so there's a fun fact that you can nice. put in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> From there, and I guess we have some exciting interviews and stuff coming up next week because Emma has been in London. Yeah, she went. She went all the way to London to talk to the cast that films here in Atlanta.
1: I know. Jeez. Which is, I mean, well done by her, to be fair. Which I, I, wonder if some of them think she's stalking them.
0: <laughs> right. That she
1: follows them I all the way from Atlanta to London. I yeah. believe we will find out next week. Yes, yes.
0: So Emma Emma will come back to us with much goods to share, I'm sure. It looks like she's having
1: quite the adventure out there. Of course, you're supposed to. You're in Europe. Yeah. So. And hopefully I will be able to uh, uh, figure out a way to talk to you guys from Austin, Texas. That's right. From From South by uh, Southwest,
0: where you already currently are right now, for those (laughs) listeners who are currently listening.
1: That's right. (laughs) Yep. It is a mind bender. I've. I've already I've already had uh, several uh, breakfast tacos. How, <laughs> nice. How's how's the weather down there, Mike? Well, <laughs>
2: weather's
0: hot. The weather is hot. Brilliant. All right, guys. Love is it. there anything else you want to touch on before we uh, wrap up the show? I'm oh, um, good. good. Yeah. Well, uh, we should probably Project Cosplay. We always we always have to talk about Project Cosplay because yeah. it's the uh, fourth Thursday of every month. I should know this. I don't know.
1: It's, it is. It is next. It is next week. It's, it's next Thursday. Okay. Thursday. I'm in and Thursday. I'm Thursday. It. Third Thursday. 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 Yes. So yes. I think it's the it's March
2: 16th. Yep. Yes. This month. March and our 16th. And The theme is Power Rangers. That's right. So,
1: so, so, I believe that comes out on the 24th. I believe of March. I think so. Yeah. I think that's the after Beauty and the Beast. The next weekend. It's it's uh, Power Rangers. So. so Project Cosplay,
0: a step ahead of yeah. the, the film It Honors, which is exciting. So yeah, third Thursday. Project Cosplay is always fun. It's uh it's a shit show, but it's a, what what is the the official thing is like it's a shit show, but it's a super fun shit show. <laughs> yeah. That's that's that the PG thirteen version. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> uh, it's crazy. So if there's nothing else you guys want to talk about, uh this has been a fun Emma free uh, episode. But Indeed we'll be back has. in flow when she's back next week and hopefully Mike can find a way to also be a part of it. Yep. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. My name is Shekai Mickelson, independent filmmaker and uh, graphic artist. And uh
2: and I'm Matt Rodriguez, the owner and chief editor
1: of shakefire.com. And I'm Mike from Last One to Leave the Theater.com and ATLcw.tv. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a lovely week. Later.